0: He purangi tēnei nā te nei o Aotearoa. Paraparam and
1: Paraparam Beach, two towns on the Kapiti Coast, just a 50-minute train ride from Wellington. Great nature walks, beaches, and the gateway to Kapiti Island. A good spot to take photos for the gram, you might say. And funnily enough, for most of the 20th century when you heard the town names, you might hear several different versions, but that all rhyme with gram.
2: Pram, pram. We're off to pram, pram for the day, we're off to pram.
1: That's Kapiti Coast District Council Cultural Advisor Kahuropata, who grew up with that name. Tourist operator John Barrett
3: knows the name too. If I go back to the late 40s, early 50s, paraparam uh, was pretty common.
1: And local business owner Craig Andrews says it still hasn't gone away.
3: I have heard it used... Uh, quite often in the community.
1: Paraparame's an abbreviation that stuck, but it's a long way from the area's original Māori name, a name that stems from a key moment in Aotearoa's history, a name that still sparks a bit of debate, even in te reo Māori. We'll get into all that, but for John Barrett's tūpuna, there was just one name and one pronunciation.
3: My old people, uh, it always came out paraparame. This
1: is No My Town, an RNZ podcast series. You may have picked up on the name No My. That's N A U M A I. In the Almighty means welcome, No My, Haramai. But we're also playing around with the English sound of the words because this series will help you know more about places all over the Mutsu, Maybe your town. Could Justine Maria Ho. Join me as we navigate the calm but at times choppy waters of old place names.
3: We run a water taxi, we run a water taxi business uh, to and from the island.
1: John Barrett's talking about Kapiti Island, about 5 k's off the west coast in the Tasman Sea. The Barrett whānau have had a long association with the island, and as cliché as it sounds, home is where the heart is.
3: So I've lived around the Kapiti coast and Kapiti Island for, gee, 50 years I suppose, uh, well, hang on, 60 years. Well, hang on, 70 years, actually. Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> 25 years ago, John and his family set up Kapiti
3: Island Nature Tours. Our business out there is focused on the fantastic wildlife, basically, uh, blended with that really rich historical narrative, and that historical narrative focuses around our Iwi's arrival here in the 1820s, um, the rise of Nati Tor, and the settlement of the Wellington District, conflicts with the New Zealand company, the the whole settlement. Um, Kōrero, we find it interesting, and we find our visitors find it interesting as well.
1: The island has become a pest-free
3: sanctuary for bird life. It's it's been developing over the years as a fantastic bird sanctuary. Um, No pests, no increased pests just forests and birds basically increasing the number of korokor from 5 to uh, 205 well that that's, that's a success story i suppose
1: and in that time he's witnessed a lot of change but what about the name Paraparam? i mean do people
3: still call it that i don't hear it quite so much now as we used to and like i, I just think of it as a bygone era really a bit more of a colonial era Sound, I'm just hearing less and less of it. I think it's just a natural progression in our in our development as a nation. That you know, hopefully in my time, Paraparam will disappear altogether from the vocab, and uh, it'll it'll just be something of the past.
1: And it's in the past we need to explore to understand the origin of this name. We're heading back to 1819 to an event that has everything to do with the name Paraparamu.
2: It is a name that um, is quite synonymous, say, eh, for our area. Uh, it wasn't until later on in, in life where I realised the significance of the name and how it records recalls some uh, major events in New Zealand history. So Paraparaumu meaning parapara uh, is a word that we dis- use, uh, describe uh, as um, waste or food waste or scraps. And umu meaning the earth ovens that they were cooked in, and so uh, it's in reference to what we know as the Armialfinua Tuatahi, Te higher uh, tanga mai ona puhi me ngati Toki tonga. So around about 1818, 1819 was the first Armialfinua of Napui when they came down from the Bay of Islands, and you know coming all the way down to there, and so a lot of uh, it, it reminds us of that event.
1: Now, the first Amyo Whenua Kahu was talking about, Tia Finua Whenua Tsuatahi, was an ambitious raid by Napuhi from Northland and Ngāti Toa from Kafia. Now, it travelled down the west coast of the North Island all the way to Cook Strait. The words Fenwa" means to travel around or circle the land, but the Towa or war party that came south in 1819 to 1820 weren't tourists. Now this was an early foray of the musket wars, and the Towa included Nati Tuarangatira Tirauparaha, his nephew Terangi Hayata, John Barrett's ancestor Terangi Hirua. Now strategic alliances were made, but blood was also spilled along the way. When they reached the area now known as Paraparaumu, the war party was famished. But anticipating their arrival, the locals had scalped, leaving little behind. Just.
2: The scraps around the earth ovens, all up and down those beaches, uh, at Paraparaumu, all the way through to Otaki, really. Uh, but Paraparaumu is the name uh, where Nāpuhi resided for a little while there, and there, I suppose, um, touring around. Aotearoa and of course they had the gun yeah. and luckily enough with the gun uh, gave them uh, the ability to travel long distances with war parties uh, which probably hadn't really been done you could quite often amass a big army but to get through those those, those different rohe mm. pre-European guns would have taken uh, but it would have been quite difficult uh, so I think they achieved uh, probably what no other war party had achieved, achieved at that time and that was from the hiku ki te
1: So Te and co were left with only scraps but the area still left its impression. So much so that a couple of years later when Ngāti Toa were under attack by enemies from the Waikato and King Country Te brought all his people south.
2: For us as Ngāti Toa It's the centre of our universe, uh, because it's where really everything started for us. Mm. So yeah, and of course Paraparaumu is the beach that lies uh, directly across the ocean there. Um, So very significant for us here.
1: Which makes the name Paraparam seem well a little ridiculous. But we've probably heard similar stories. I mean, just down the road is Kariki, sometimes called a cringeworthy piecock. Craig Andrews runs the world-renowned Southwood Car Museum, a local business that began about 46 years ago. Think one giant roof with hundreds of old-school cars. Like, really old.
3: 1895, Velo being
1: that's Mercedes Benz for you, non petrol heads. Uh, one of only two left in the world, supposedly. But I wanted to ask Craig about his town's name.
3: We don't really use Paraparam, but I have heard it used uh, quite often in the community.
1: Yes, where would you hear that name just in passing?
3: Just probably in passing, and uh, you know, people are actually talking about it and maybe talking about it with a wee bit of a, um, not quite so long a name, I guess.
1: And some Māori names are long, and they often have a story that relates to an ancestor or an event. While it's understandable to want to shorten a word, the price paid is that we lose the stories, the meaning. Kahuro remember he's a cultural advisor for kapiti Coast District Council, says it just takes a bit of effort.
2: The blatant use of those uh, barbarisms, let me know, yeah, barbarisms or... Um... Kupu perhaps, irutite reo Māori, where they go pram pram or para para umu. It's whether or not they can actually pronounce the name. That's one issue, para umu. And I don't really mind that if they can't pronounce it because at least they're trying, especially our non Māori, you know. So I have a lot of time for that. It's when they carry on using the barbarisms like pram pram. And you know I've been a teacher of te reo Māori for a long time so I understand that language learning is, isn't that easy for some of our, uh, even our own people, our own know, whānaus. So when you understand that, that, that's fine to say, as long as they're trying to say para, para umu, I'd accept a para, para umu, you know, trying to thing. and I always encourage them to take up some lessons. <laughs> uh, but how I try and do it is just how I do correct and kō hango at kura by using the right example. So if somebody says, oh, we're off to Pram pram oh, okay, are we off to Paraparaumu? <laughs> you know, and sort of do it that way in a, maybe a less confronting way.
1: Now, sometimes the te reo Māori pronunciation can vary. There's also different dialects or meta. With this name, I've heard it said Paraparaumu and Paraparaumu. Now, both mean the same. It's just said a bit differently. I ask John Barrett if there's
3: a right or wrong. There hasn't been any tikanga set as to the correct pronunciation as far as I'm aware. Uh, But for us, it's tarapahomu.
1: Located on the Kapiti coast, named after an event in 1819 where all the war party could find was scraps from a food oven, para para to mean scraps, and umu, earth oven. Kungati tua rangatira, aatsiawaki wakarungotai, nati ro kawa kite tonga, nahapu o otaki, Ngāti haumia, te mana fenua. Namahi nui kia katoa. Thanks for listening to Know My Town, written and produced by me, Justine Murray. Executive producer Tim Watkin and Liz Garton, engineers Phil Benge, William Saunders and Steve Burridge. Thanks to Kahuropata, John Barrett and Craig Andrews. Follow Know My Town, that's N-A-U-M-A-I, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart Radio or
0: wherever you access your podcasts.